0: Welcome back to cause Talk radio by rashpixel.fm the podcast that shows do-gooders nonprofits and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by engage for good and Selfish giving You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com and selfishgiving.com Now on to today's episode.
1: Hey everyone, it's Joe Waters, and I want to welcome you to another exciting episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me, of course, is Megan Strand. Hey, Megan. Hello. How are you? I am happy because the sun is out in my part of the world, so know, it's all good. I know, and the sun does not come out very much in your part of the world.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true.
1: <laughs> As a matter of fact, I often call your world the place where the sun doesn't shine. <laughs>
0: I'm not going to touch that one.
1: (laughs) Hey, we got a special episode here today. We do. It's exciting. I know. Folks, Megan and I were thinking about ways that we could celebrate or commemorate our 200th anniversary here. Uh, Megan and I know haven't been married 200 years, but we are celebrating (laughs) a 200 plus episode, which is kind of a big deal, right, Megan?
0: It is. It's a long time That's for a, me to put up with you. I
1: know. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, if, what is it, like, 75 in marriage is diamond? I mean, what do you do for 200?
0: 200 platinum podcast I know. It's I don't know. I better be getting something good at the conference. I, I, I know.
1: This is, like, big. This is, like, big. Anyways, but what did we wanted to do in this episode was we wanted to, to look back over the episodes we had done. um, And I think that what we looked at, Megan, was ones that we really liked since 100. So our last big anniversary was our 100th anniversary. We're now at our 200th. So we're looking at the last 100 episodes, but we didn't include any from this year, I think from 2017. Right. Because they're so recent, like most of the people that are listening to the show have probably already listened to those shows or are familiar with those shows. So we wanted to dig back into our archives and really identify the ones that we like the most and ones that you should go back and listen to because they have such valuable information in them. And you know, this in a lot of ways, Megan, this was very easy for me because I find that When I'm out in the road talking to people, when I'm consulting with people, when I'm putting together presentations, I'm always like talking about the same five or six podcasts that we've done. You know, I'll say, oh, you know, we did a podcast with this person one time and, you know, this is how it went and this is what we talked about. And I find that those signature ones just rise to the top and then the ones that I always talk about. And you know what?
0: I knew you were going to pick the ones you picked yeah. because I think that's true for you. Yeah. I, I talk know. about all of our podcast episodes evenly and you tend to be a favorite <laughs> picker. So, so,
1: oh, that's great. That's great. Now, all the other people I talk that about were on all the, the show
0: 114 episodes
1: yes. very regularly. Yeah, that's And right.
0: I, I keep track of how often I talk about them. That's and right. you
1: yeah, you've talked about that's you right. talk about four. That's right. That's why that's why your husband wears <laughs> earmuffs at night when you talk to him. Because you're like, you know, Ted, in episode sixty five, episode sixty five, we talked about this. And he's like, Oh, if only Joe, just if only Joe was here to talk to me just about the the most interesting <laughs> episodes or the most relevant right you i know, agree for people there are that definitely
0: ones that, that rise to the top so i think it's i think this is kind of fun so what's your first one
1: okay now we're going to alternate or should i give mine no you just get you give one and then i'll give one all right that's a deal all right so my uh my and these aren't necessarily in order in terms of top picks right. and stuff. But what I want to start with is, you know, one of the things that I'm interested in as a cause marketer, one of the things that I write about a lot is um, is transactional cause marketing. How do you really raise money working with businesses? And okay, of course, one of the things I always say, Megan, is that you got to go to the employees, you got to go to the customers in order to raise money. And one of my favorite episodes that highlighted this was episode 155, folks. And this will all be in the show notes, okay? So you can go into the show notes and and link right to them but i love this episode with jersey Mike's, and we called it how one sub sandwich chain say that 10 times fast megan how one <laughs> sub sandwich chain raised 8 million for 180 charities and that one. and that was a good one you know why because and you know it's interesting here's an example of what i was talking about earlier though i talk about jersey mics all the time and one of the things that I loved about this show is, one, it was a national company, right? We're talking about 1,500 stores that they had at the time. Very successful campaign that raised on average yearly like $3 million or something like that. As a matter of fact, Megan, they just finished it and I they raised that. like $3.5 million. I mean, it's still going and it's still being successful. But what I love about this program is it's a national chain, but the franchise owners get to pick- the charities that they're going to support with their particular campaign. So it definitely has a local feel. Like even when I talked to one of my contacts in Hershey, Pennsylvania one time, they were like, oh yeah, in Harrisburg here, one of our local Jersey Mike's does this fundraiser for us. So it definitely has a local feel to it. But what I also liked about this campaign was they do a point of sale campaign at the register for the month of March. And so they would be asking customers to donate, you know, a dollar or what have you to the campaign. But then on the last day of March, Megan, they donate all the money not just the profits or the proceeds or any type of language like that, but all the money from that day goes to good causes. Which and is just, crazy. Yeah, it is. Nobody does that. It is. It's, and you know what? I, it's something I always talk about too, is I always talk about how uh, Dave Altman, who we in, interviewed on that show, he talked about how um, important cause was in terms of their business mission. In terms Mm -hmm. of how they were really screening out potential franchise owners and screening in based on whether or not, do you remember that? Like he was Mm -hmm. like, if people get this in terms of what we're doing, they understand what Jersey Mike's is all about. And if they don't, they may not be. A good partner for this business. So for me, that was just kind of a great example of one point of sale, two, the local focus, and three, I love the like the donate profits piece to it. Because you know, let's be honest too, Megan. So often with these companies, and especially these days, it's very important that companies show their consumers and their employees that they have skin in the game that they're putting their own money into something like this and i think jersey mikes strikes that great balance
0: i agree yeah well i will see top your that one. top that i will one, see Megan. your fast casual restaurant point of sale and i will raise you one yep <laughs> my first one was episode 132 white castles in store oh, fundraising spikes 48% one what's yeah. on the menu oh. so in this episode we interviewed jamie richardson who you just have to listen to this podcast to hear how much this man loves white castle first yeah. of all that was the best part of the episode because the man bought his own sprinter van and decked it out as a white castle <laughs> van just for fun like what a not for work, just for fun <laughs> it was great so he's and he's so into everything white castle and he, and their partnership with Autism Speaks was what we were talking about. And he was so into that, too. So it was very, a very, very, very fun episode. But the reason that we had interviewed them is because their point of sale program spiked by 48 percent um, and raised almost a million dollars the year that we talked to him. And just we really dug in with him. How they did that and they did some really fun things to incentivize and engage their employees in a really fun spirit of competition. They had this whole March Madness contest where Mm. they pitted managers against managers all for a good cause. Um, So it's just it's really fun. And Joe got to talk a little bit about the White Castle candle. Which is oh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's
1: you know, And I'm amazed, too. Like, I think the candle is really like a fanboy item for the White Castle brand. You know, it's like totally. because I've mentioned this to a lot of people and they haven't heard of it before. But I mentioned it to them and they're like, what? You know, like, what's going on with this? A candle that smells like onions and hamburgers. <laughs> Hamburger. exactly oh, it's all goodness.
0: for a good cause though yeah so. that's
1: right and you all the money and the partner there was autism speaks
0: right yeah yep.
1: yeah so yeah. that
0: was that was a fun episode and i i love talking to jamie and he was really he shared a lot about how they did what they did and they really thought about it quite a bit about how to raise the bar year over year and and that's yep. not always an easy thing to do so yeah. i loved that episode and
1: that was 132 oh, folks so check that's that one out. that's a good one that's a good one i'll tell you All right. What's your next one? All right. My next one. My next one here. And I chose this one because, um, as it says- Because these are
0: the only things you ever talk about. That's
1: right. These are the things I only talk about. (laughs) And I also think, and it says it right in the title, talking about the future of nonprofit fundraising. And I am talking about episode 104, Content Marketing in the Future of Nonprofit Fundraising. And this was an interview that we did with Russell Spockman, who is CEO of Content Strategy for Fusion Spock Media. Which I think is in your neck of the woods, Megan. And Russell was a great guy to talk to. And one of the things that I really liked about the episode is I felt like we got a tour de force of what was happening in the content world and just all the opportunities around how to create good content why content is the future of fundraising, because Russell really focused on this. His his, his firm really focused on a nonprofit or purpose-related content marketing. So it's something that he could speak directly to. And it was all best... the whole interview that we did with them too was based on something that they were doing annually called the Nonprofit Content Marketing uh, 2015 Benchmarks, Budgets, and Trends. So this was something that was a great backdrop to our conversation. And Fusion Spock did that in conjunction with Blackboard and one of my favorite organizations in the whole world, the Content Marketing Institute with Joe Polizzi and Robert Rose. And But we had a great conversation. But what was also good about this one too, Megan, is because our interest was so high at that time in content marketing, we built a lot of additional bonuses into that podcast. So we did this whole post on, um, in addition to the show notes, we did something on why content marketing is so important. And I included this great article that I wrote on magnetic cause marketing and three easy steps that talked about how people should build their brand. And then another thing that we talked about is just some other things that i I had written about and other things that I really liked just talking about the importance of content marketing and how important that was for fundraising. So, you know, when I am out there talking to people still, Megan, you know, I talk a lot about content marketing and actually I'm excited about this too, Megan, because I'll be talking about content marketing at the Engage for Good uh, conference this year. You will. And, you know,
0: I haven't even told you this. This is breaking news. Uh And I'm going to tell you right uh now. uh Uh-oh. That session, we just did our pre-conference survey. It looks like there's going to be a lot of people in your session.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so I think that's, you know, so I think content marketing is a big thing. So a lot of times when people ask me for more information on content marketing as it relates to nonprofits and fundraising, I'll push them back to this post with Russell and all the great resources that we put into this. And it really is. I think this is one, if we looked at the metrics on this one too, Megan, I think it would really show, at least on my side, that it's one of our most popular podcasts. It might be. Yeah, yeah. So I really like that one. So again, that was our uh, episode 104, Content Marketing and the Future of Nonprofit Fundraising uh, with Russell Sparkman. And definitely check out the additional resources that came along with that uh, podcast because there's some good ones there.
0: Did a good job with that, Joe. Yeah, that was a fun one. So my next one, I don't know that I would consider it content marketing but they certainly do a good job with content marketing and that is episode 134 how an ex-cons bread company gave rise to oh, second that was a chances great one for others now yep. the first reason i love this podcast is yep. because joe messed up on our guest's name her name is john viev <laughs> oh we now wait a we were minute calling her, we were calling her genevieve and oh, joe really could not pull it together to pronounce you her name cannot. right so that just literally um... still to this day keeps me laughing <laughs> i can't believe just you're
1: pointing people to that episode <laughs> it's a
0: great episode. I sound just like an idiot. Name it just makes it just makes me happy. Hey, that you screwed
1: up. Her but name. You know what? But when I'm alone what? and I'm feeling insecure <laughs> and it's give. been a long day, I say Jean viev Jean viev <laughs> I can say Jean That Poor woman.
0: We've said her name so many
1: times. <laughs> hey, but that was a great episode.
0: It was a great episode. So we talked to Jean viev Martin, who's the executive director of the Day's Killer Bread Foundation, and what they've done with their second chance employment effort for people with criminal backgrounds. Now the founder of Dave's Killer Bread um, had a criminal background and got into this bread business with his family. And as the company grew, they now have a third of their employees have criminal backgrounds. So what they're trying to do is really advocate for other businesses to... Um, also hire people with criminal backgrounds and sort of Mm destigmatize that whole phenomenon. And they've done a great job. They do this Second Chance Summit every year. I just got an invitation to the latest one. They've kind of moved it all over the country. They have um, people from public office there. They have business people there. They have, um, just very inspiring stories. So they've done a really great job. It's a little bit different of an approach to Mm. a social issue, but I think it's a really powerful one. And they're really saying, you know, we're kind of walking the walk and it's not like a campaign like that six weeks, you know, here today, gone tomorrow. This is their everyday day in, day out. Um, and they've just learned a lot of great lessons and they're sharing that with the world. And it's just a really interesting, Campaign, so I, I loved that episode. Not because Joe pronounced John Biev's name wrong, but <laughs> still does make me happy. But yes, um, they've done some great work, and they they continue doing it. So this is also they're a Portland-based company, so that also makes me happy. And yeah. uh, I've I've sort of followed them as, as as they've continued to succeed in this in this yeah. area. So well, you know, one uh, of the
1: things I always point out about the Dave's Killer Bread is uh, first the authenticity of it, and you know, in the sense like wait a minute, you're trying to help ex-cons here. Like, I mean, you know, these aren't puppies. These aren't uh, domestic violence survivors. This isn't people with cancer. Uh, You know what I mean? But I think it goes to show is that when a company wraps wraps its arms around something it really cares about, That's something that everyone can embrace. And one of the things I was always really impressed by Dave's Killer Bread too is when you went to their Facebook page, Megan, there was always some nice comment on there from someone that had talked about how Dave's Killer Bread was changing someone's lives. And, you know, so I could really feel just how like tangible this program is. So when people come to me and they say, you know, this is the the cause, I want to support X. Um, and they say, gee, I don't know if it's the right cause though. And, and I often say it's like, it's not about being the right cause. It's about being the right cause for you that you really want to promote that you have a real passion about, but that is, I think that's so critical. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great campaign too. So I always, I mean, I was talking at one point, Megan, I, I was talking about Dave's killer bread so much. I had a, like, I was like. They should be sending me money for public relations. <laughs> I mean, it was just like everywhere, or a, or a
0: free loaf of bread. Every that's week right, or a free
1: loaf of bread or something like that. But I was writing about it everywhere and stuff like that. And eventually, I get to the point with some of these examples where I love them so much, that I have to say to myself, "I have to find another example because I keep on talking about these people <laughs> so much." You know, so
0: so people, Excellent. you know, people are good What's like your next that. One?
1: They're like, "Ah, come on, Joe, that's enough on that one." All right. Speaking of that, what's your next one? Here's my next (laughs) one. Okay. All right. All right. Here's my next one. See if you can top this one. All right. Episode 151, Organic Valley Boost Sales with Spoof on Cost Marketing. That's a fun one. And this is not only do you have to listen to this one, but you also have to go and watch the video. Right, you yeah, do. the "Save the Bros" video, which at the time had over two and a half million views on YouTube, Megan, <laughs> and we interviewed Clovis, and I think his last name was Simon, and he was the video marketing manager at Organic Valley, and it was just kind of funny. You know what was interesting about this one too? I thought was how he just talked about the growth of Organic Valley. Like you know, it started out with just kind of these hippies in Vermont, just, you know, forming some type of collective, a a cooperative with different farmers. And Organic Valley turned out to be the first, I think it was one of the first or the first $1 billion organic foods company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it was pretty amazing on something like that. But one of the things I thought was really impressive about it is they put a lot of time and energy into creating... Uh, Save the Bros, uh, which takes a really funny spoof on like saving the muscle heads that we associate with the Jersey Shores and and places like that. But it was just a great one. And one of the things that I was really impressed about it too, Megan, because one of the things that has only grown since we, we interviewed them, which was in February 2016, was the importance of video. I mean, video has just become huge for... Every type of organization, whether you be a nonprofit or for profit, obviously live video has really taken off. But I really love this whole idea of uh, protein responsibility, right? Remember that uh, <laughs> from the line, and you know, and then we also talked a little about a bit, little bit about the Bro Anonymous hotline, uh, exactly that they, that they did after that. So this was really impressive, and one of the things that I remember that was really interesting about it too, Megan, was they just started um, Save the Bros with an upworthy. Uh, cross-promotion. They did a piece of sponsored content with them, but then it really took off on Facebook. So it sounded like from what Clovis told us that they actually didn't put a lot of money behind the advertising of it, although if he went through the process of them creating this, Megan, and what they do? They went through like Four agencies or something like that. Oh, yeah. So they remember that? that? So they could get something I like do. this. So it shows, like, you know, the need for thoughtful content and how long that process can sometimes take. But when you do it right, I mean, I think I remember Clovis saying that they were seeing over 100% returns month over month on the growth of that product. So it certainly well, paid and they off were- for them.
0: They were trying to launch a new product, essentially. I mean, this was not just milk. It was like a protein shake sort of thing. And their whole concept was like... Don't drink chemical filled protein shakes, drink ours because we have a better product. So they just took a really fun take at it. So it wasn't, it was totally not cause marketing. It was just making fun of cause marketing, which everybody needs to do every once in a while. So that's right. I thought it was a great episode. That's a good one, one, Joe. You should definitely listen to that
1: one. All right. And watch the video. Are you going to give us the last one of the day? I'll give you the last one. All right. So I'm going to see if you could, I don't know if you can top Save the Bros.
0: (sighs) It's a different take. Yeah. Had I known you were going to do that last, I might have switched my order. But this is a great episode and another Portland company. I honestly did not pick them like this, but it just turned out this way because apparently people out here are awesome. Episode 136, how Columbia Sportswear is using cause marketing to blaze a new trail. Um, And we interviewed, of course, the fabulous Scott Welch um, at Columbia Sportswear. I know he's fabulous. Um, and we talked about their national program with um, the National Park Foundation called Find Your Park. And they've just done a lot of really neat things. They, they've identified in their consumer base a hole in diversity. Like they are talking to the same people all the time. So they're trying to figure out, um, you know, how to target people of color people of diverse backgrounds and so they essentially created this whole park tour where they engage bloggers yeah more content marketing joe Yep. And invited them to a week-long excursion to a natu- uh, national park. And they didn't tell them what they had to write. They didn't tell them. They yep. didn't give them any, like, you have to write a blog post every day. They just said, hey, you know, we would love for you to talk about this. And they, they were really successful. They had, you know, millions and millions and millions of media impressions, which is usually I kind of like look at sideways, like, well, yeah. that's not that big of a deal. But when you're, you know, a diverse blogger talking about a national park and these brands that were involved... Um, they had REI involved as well. You know, it's pretty, pretty cool. So they've done a lot of neat stuff and I just like how they take, they always take a unique approach mm. to different campaigns. Like they have a huge breast cancer awareness campaigns that they do with Dick Sporting Goods and they demand that their vendors be a part of it. And if yep. the vendors won't be a part of it, they're like, fine, you're out. Right. Um, which seems a little bit strange for a sportswear company to be hawking breast cancer stuff, but it's always, you know, the, the sales results of that campaign always outperform you know, non-cause branded efforts. So, you know, they keep doing it and good for them. So they've, they've just done neat stuff and I just respect the brand and i like how they approach cause it's very strategic they're very
1: thoughtful so yeah.
0: that was my, that well, was you know, my last um episode.
1: what i liked about that episode two things i liked about that episode first of all uh columbia was interesting too because columbia doesn't own its own stores so it always had to be working through another they, retail they do partner. have their own
0: store they do have their own stores but not exclu- that's not exclusively where they're still sold. Uh,
1: i see i see okay but it- be- because Go remember, on. one of the things I think we had a good conversation during the during the podcast was about the difference between Columbia and Patagonia in terms of their approach and stuff. And it was interesting right. to learn like, you know, Columbia is actually a much bigger company and, you know, they have different demands and they have more retail partners and stuff like that. Yep. Whereas Patagonia is much more direct to people through their own stores. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other thing I loved about our interview with Scott was that, It's where I learned that uh, national park people say that there are two types of people in American parks, newlyweds and nearly deads. Yeah, (laughs) I I say that one all the time. I use that all the time because it goes to show just how, uh, you know, how challenging it is to get young people into the woods because there's no Wi-Fi there. Right? True. And I remember, m- remember when Scott, too, when we were talking, you, there's a funny part, too, folks, in the podcast where we're talking about when they took these 60 millennials or wh- however many they took in the woods with them. And I was like, they all died, didn't they, Scott? He was like, <laughs> 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 he's like, no, Joe, they, they, everyone's fine. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> I forgot
0: about that. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> you have a much better memory than I do, apparently, because as you're saying it, I do remember it, but yeah. I don't think I could have recalled that on my own. So, yeah. Well, this has been so fun. Yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode episode um we will of course put links to all of these back podcast podcast episodes in the show notes but Joe, if people, want, if people need more Joe oh Waters, where can they get more <laughs> Joe Waters online?
1: Well, minute to minute, they can find me on Twitter at Joe Waters. Uh, you can obviously visit my blog, Selfish Giving. Don't forget to find, sign up for my newsletter, get my five-day mini course on cause marketing. And of course, i got tons of pins on Pinterest at Pinterest.com front Joe Waters. <laughs> I was trying to do like my Barry White I just love how you yeah. say that. that yeah. Tons the of pins. Tons of Pinterest love. <laughs> and what about you, Megan? Where can people find you?
0: Well, at the end of this month, you can find me in Chicago with you. Wow, at the Engage I can't for Good wait! Conference, yeah. So if you haven't signed up for that yet, please do. Joe's session's gonna sell out. That's right. Standing room only. Hopefully, mm-hmm. my point of sale session will also be similarly packed. But um, lots of great stuff happening there in Chicago. So we hope you can join us online. I'm at Megan Strand, and I tweet for Engage for Good, of course, at Engage for Good. And show notes, selfishgiving.com, engageforgood.com. Be sure to check us out there. And on behalf of Joe and myself, I just want to thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Cause Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time.